Welcome to this episode. Let's chat. I'm your host, Chris Revel, coming in from the Cat Cave in Providence, Rhode Island. Uh, we have a great guest today. We got Allie from the I Can't Even show. Uh, it's a really great podcast that I, I really like. Two women on the higher end of the millennial spectrum tackle the challenges of adulthood. Uh, it's a really fun show. The most recent episode, varying on when you're listening to this, is uh, they talk about adult friendships. They do an episode about dick pics. There's an episode about uh, how to ask for raises, but it's just really fun. Uh, originally, we were supposed to do Margaret and Allie. We were supposed to come on together. Uh, we had a lot of technical difficulties, so there's a short episode with Margaret um, that you can go back and listen to, and that was a lot of fun, but we're going to have to get her back on to do a full episode. But, of course, I wanted to have both of them on, so then uh, timing-wise, it worked out that Allie came on a little bit later. But a uh, really cool really cool episode. So Allie works in radio as well, and she's a talent booker. She interned for Conan, so, of course, I have to geek out about that. A uh, huge Conan fan. Um, and she's also the creator of Podshe, which is a hashtag you can use if you are a female podcaster, similar to like the hashtag Pattern Family you might have seen. It's a great way to connect um, women podcasters because a podcast and like everything can easily get overrun by white dudes, such as myself, and there's not enough diversity, and it's a great way to aggregate a community around female podcasters. I think it's a brilliant idea, and I'm happy I can help support it in any way, shape, or form. So, you know, check out the pod, use that, hashtag Podshe, follow at Podshe. I know Carly from Cortemp Arts, the network we're on, uses it quite a lot, and it's it's a great way to find podcasts and support podcasts hosted by women. I also just I'm just really a big fan of uh, Ali and Margaret because how nice are they? They actually sent me a handwritten letter with some stickers and like a thank you card for having them on the show. Like who does that? Um, so fucking cool, so nice. I was kind of taken back by that, but it was really sweet because how often? I mean, how often do I ever get something in the mail anymore that isn't just like bills or something stupid? So that was really nice. Uh, just a fun episode. Make sure you follow her on on Twitter at, at Allie610. We'll put all that stuff up on the Core Temp Arts site, coretemparts.com. As for me, you can always follow me on Twitter at Let's Chat Podcast. There's an Instagram, which is at Let's Chat Podcast, and our Facebook is facebook.com slash Let's Us Chat. Anyway, please uh, poke around, dive into some back episodes. Oh, I've, I got some cool excitement announcements. I was recently a guest on a podcast called That Newport Show. Uh, I'm starting to get some great connections to the Rhode Island podcast community, which I did not know existed, but it totally is there. And they had me on. I had so much fun. It's about a half hour. It's safer work. A little different. I even talk about when I proposed my wife in Newport. And uh, it's really fun. I, I really hope you can check that out. It was a lot of fun. So make sure you check out That Newport Show. And I'm also a guest on TV Eat My Brain uh, with Allegra and Mariano. We talk about the last episode of The Mad in the High Castle. That should be up this week. So make sure you give that a listen to. Uh, do me a big favor. Leave me a, leave a review on iTunes, if you will. That would be really helpful and help the sh- show out. Anyway, let's get to it. Let's Chat with Revel and Friends is part of Courts and Parts, a podcast network featuring pop culture, TV, and movie podcasts. Check out our other shows, That Pop This Live, Talking Shondaland, We Got Five, and TV Ate My Brain at courtsandparts.com. The opposite of a winner Remember when I used to eat sardines for dinner Peace to broad jeans, Brucey B, kid to bring Folks laugh the flex, love bump star ski You're not in studio? Margaret records in a studio I record in my attic where I am right now I'm in my bedroom <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> High tech I mean, um, I get jealous of like I don't live in an area where i would be able to get enough guests for like what i want to do to sustain paying for a studio like it just doesn't make fiscal sense for me because like i mean i don't get celebrities or anything because like i don't want to invite strangers into my home so uh it hasn't come up yet where someone's like let's do it in person i'll be in providence this date and you know we don't get it's not new york city so that hasn't come up yet well, and even so, like we, her studio is in, it's upstate. Um, oh, and it's so just even, a little, so she uses that just to record herself mostly. Oh, it's um, not like getting like people in it. No, we have not had anyone in studio or 
in attic yet. <laughs> I mean, I've recorded plenty in person, and I think it's always way more fun. But it's never been a studio; it's always me with my equipment. Yeah, it's it's nice. It's so much easier to do stuff in the studio, and it's even better, I think. Um, like when you have two hosts, because so often, like. I can't see the guest. I can't see Margaret. Like, I'm not sure if she has a question coming up or if it's my turn to take a question coming up or, you know, we're trying to like signal to each other on like G chat quietly while the guest is talking, you know, like I I have something to say. I'm a good one. You know, it's very, it's very crazy because we're still trying to work on that, like hosting chemistry. Really? Because it sounds so professional. Like the audio is great, and you guys have great chemistry. Uh, and we're talking about your show. I can't even. And like, I I wouldn't know that you guys are like would be like secretly talking. Like, I I for some reason I just assumed you could all see each other because like you guys are have such good like. There's never like uh, talking over each other or anything, or like, oh, are you gonna go? Oh, I'll go. Like that polite banter. Yeah, that that's our secret G chat. Behind the oh, scenes, man, we're giving we're giving it away. Yeah, that's that's what that is. Uh, that's pretty. That's good to know. <laughs> I gotta get on that. Uh, so, uh, so I guess we should start with uh, the beginning. So, you're are you now? Forgive me. I record a lot of people, and then I always forget everything we talk about. So, I think I remember some facts about you, but I don't know if I'm gonna get them wrong. Totally. Were sure. you from the New York, Jersey area as well? I am from New Jersey. I am told I am from the same town as your wife. Okay, you're from you you're from Bloomfield. Yes. Well, I'm from Nutley, but I live in Bloomfield now. Yeah. Yes, my my wife's from Bloomfield and now her folks live in Belleville. Okay, uh, that's cool. And, All right. All the same area. Yeah, and then Nutley, um is that where the Borders and the TikTok diner is? Yes, that's where TikTok is. Yeah, and I feel like you know, they grew up there. They don't care. But every time we go to Jersey, oh. I ask them to take me there. Wait, no, TikTok is Clifton. Actually, sorry. No. Um, but it's, same it's area, near, right? Yeah, same thing. Yeah. Clifton right Commons. There. Clifton Commons. Yeah, Probably, you're just uh, going to just shout New Jersey landmarks out for yeah. those at home Z- who know them. <laughs> Zenberger. Zenberger, I think I like. Yes. Right over yeah. there on Route 3. They well, I had... For years, I had uh, I used to go to and then worked at the summer camp in uh, Warwick, New York, but was on the line of Vernon, New Jersey. Okay. And all my friends there were from northern New Jersey. Uh, I grew up in Connecticut, so I'd always go down and visit them. And like they had friends in like Hawthorne and like those weird areas. But for so many years when I was younger, when people would make fun of your state, I couldn't figure it out because in my head, New Jersey was just Sussex County. I was like, what are you guys talking about? This is gorgeous. There's nothing there to make fun of. It's just trees. It's trees and cows and beautiful roads and blueberry farms and homemade ice cream. And like, it's Vermont. It's like, it's Mayberry. It was, and then I discovered the rest of New Jersey, which, um, my fourth grade teacher always used to tell us that New Jersey is a microcosm of the entire country. And it's true. You've got the oceans, you've got the rural areas, you've got the urban areas, you've got mountains, you've got rivers, you've got slums, you've got everything. We have everything there is to offer. That's true. Cause when you go to like Southern Jersey on the Pennsylvania border, whoa, that's a, that's a there different are Confederate region. flags there. Legit, yeah. Yeah, I went to college down there. People went cow tipping. I know. What what college? Rowan. Okay, I have heard of that. I don't know much more than that, but I've seen people with that shirt. Yeah. <laughs> Go Rowan. And then like I like New Brunswick a lot. Oh, uh, yes. Rutgers uh, country. Yeah, well I went to the I've been to the Starland Ballroom and then I've had fat sandwiches. Yes. So Everyone all comes down passing to like through has to have a fat sandwich. Which is a bad travel food because uh, for anyone who doesn't know, it's it's drunk food and it's like... It's just fried everything like in the mozzarella bun. sticks and french fries and filth just all on a sandwich. Oh, it just wrecks. It's as a, in a, 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 a 32-year-old man, I'm now hearing about that and my stomach begins to hurt. You no longer my, have the digestive abilities to handle yeah. that kind of sandwich. But in like my twenties, I was like, I didn't even drink. I'm like, come on, let's get two of them. Uh, and then the heart attack would ensue. But like now, I'm like, I just you saying that made me think like, oh god, the GI distress alone isn't worth it. And I was like, oh god, it's happened. <laughs> it's happened. Which that will be our weird segue into your podcast. 
Okay, cool. Uh, I don't know I how that works. I think it's easier to di- our podcast is easier to Way digest easier than, that. than that. But yeah, your show uh, I can't even is kind of geared towards millennials, and it seems like we're all on the upper echelon of the millennial age. Yes, it's it's all about you know we're still young, but we're getting older. But are <laughs> and, we? Like things are starting to change. Uh, you know, our first episode was kind of about how to deal with having a job and all the good things that come along with that. And Megan Alexander from Inside Edition sort of gave us advice about negotiation and, you know, work-life balance and stuff like that. And, you know, we've got an episode coming out tomorrow in real life. It'll probably be last month by the time this airs. Um, Yep. (laughs) That's pretty accurate. This actually probably won't go out till next year. Next year, Which yeah. Sounds way farther away than it is. Right. And it's all about like friendship because, you know, your friendships change a lot when you get old and married and you have kids and you look around and you know you have friends because you send Christmas cards to all these people, but you never see you them. See- yeah. And, and I, and I moved away from like where I grew up. So like the people I've known forever, I just, I don't see as much. And then there's some people I just don't talk to as much. And then it's, it's weird. And then the last time I saw like my, friends from home is we went we all got together to meet our friend's new daughter mm-hmm. and we were like wow our hang sessions are way different right and do you find that like you know when you hung out with these people in your 20s you were you were just doing stuff like you were going out you were hanging out you were like having experiences and making memories and now when you see them it's like you're having a beer or a cup of coffee and you're talking about those memories and probably not yeah. really making any new ones <laughs> you're like yeah no yeah and like and kids and it's it's great and like um which, but I, I also do. Do you have like a weird nostalgia for that time? Because I also don't want to go back to that time. I'm, I'm very happy where I am. No, I do. I have very strong nostalgia for that time. I miss yeah. like just going out with my friends and like I get really bad FOMO because I have I have a two year old now. And yeah, see, I don't. So- my kid's not here yet, so maybe this is going to change and like. A little while. It might, because, you know, like right now, you have the freedom to still kind of do whatever you want to do when you're just but not taking advantage much. of it. You're just yeah. not taking advantage of it. I didn't go exactly. out a lot either before I had my daughter. And now, like, I work with people who are younger than me and who are in different life stages than me. And, you know, I see people on Facebook and everyone looks like they're doing something really cool. And I'm like, I never get to do anything cool i just get thrown up on and don't get to sleep and it's like this <laughs> and it makes me kind of miss sort of like the younger days yep but then maybe it's what it appears though at least according to my parents uh once your kids are out of the house you get cool again and get to do more than your kids i hope so yeah my, I'm my still alive by the time my kid gets out of the house yeah but my parents also <laughs> had me when i was a lot younger so maybe uh, God, I'll be like fifty. Whoa, that's weird. Damn, time yeah. man, yeah, that's crazy. So you, yeah, so I don't have a kid yet, so I guess that might change. But yeah, I yeah, that that when, is true. When's your little when, one coming along? May. May. Okay. Cool. You got yeah. a little time. Not we just really. found out it's, it's a girl. Over. Yay! Yeah. Congrats! I have one <laughs> of those you, yeah. too. They're the best. Yeah, well, we convinced ourselves it was a. We were convinced it was a boy, and then when we found out, we were quite surprised and happy. But uh, there's just I have a brother. My wife has two brothers. Uh, it's just my brother had a son, so it's like you rebels make boys. Is uh, kind of what we figured <laughs> out, and then God, people are um, people are annoying about it as hell. Well, though, because it's just like people everyone... are annoying about everything related to pregnancy and babies oh everything my God. and if you think it's bad now wait till that you like have the person with you wherever you go and they're like why isn't your baby wearing a hat that baby isn't dressed right why does your baby do this and it's just there's just unsolicited information coming <laughs> oh, from all angles all friend, of the angles my friend amanda didn't tell she didn't want to know what the gender was so uh people who were asked her like oh what kind of baby what what, what is it or she, if some if she dresses it in like gender neutral clothing people like strangers will walk up like oh what kind of baby is and she's like human like she just <laughs> shuts down everyone nice yeah we get a lot of like well if you do this it's a boy and that it's a girl and like no there's no one knows anything it's a 50 50 so let's just chill out exactly 
And no matter what you think, you will love it just as much. I, I was determined I was going to have a boy. Either like there's like no guys in the family. Like my husband really wanted a boy. I'm like not very girly. So I thought I'd be a better mom to a boy. And I was just convinced like this was going to be a boy. And when I found yep. out I was a girl, I cried. I was devastated. Aww. I was, I was so upset, but it was just the hormones. She's cool as hell. I don't care. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, Actually, girls get better clothing because, like, you can put a little girl in any clothes. It doesn't matter. Like, boys, mm-hmm. I guess you could, but it's not socially acceptable as much. Right. So you can do, like, cute dresses or superhero shit, whatever you want. Yeah. It doesn't matter. I was like, yeah, my daughter's going to be a superhero. Oh, it's, so, it's so weird. I, I, we just found this out, so it still feels weird to say that. I was like, she can dress up like a Flash, and it's going to be awesome. Just now, be I guess, warned, just- the beginning is terrible. The first, like, three months... They're not great. Yeah. <laughs> they don't, they don't do much. <laughs> but it's, yeah, because I live in a state that actually gives paternity leave, so I'm going to get that time off. So I'm very excited about that. Yeah. That's awesome. It's, yeah. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, so are you able to talk about your job on here? That's cool. Um, A little bit. Sure. But I work... I do basically the same thing as Margaret does, so it's going to be a very repetitive podcast. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Well, well, I was just more interested. Uh, I don't, you don't have to say where or any of that stuff, but you're, it's, you do, uh, you work, you're a talent booker. Yes, that, I am. So how does one get to that position? Cause I think that's like the coolest fucking thing. And I was like, I would love to do that, but I missed my boat of even trying to get into that line of work and it's too late, but so. How does one get you know, into that? <laughs> um, the long version, I guess, is I went to school for journalism, realized towards the end of school that I didn't want to do that. Um, a friend of mine happened to be interning at Late Night with Conan O'Brien, and she was you- like, this is cool. You should just intern here. And I was like, oh, okay. And so I interned there for two semesters as a researcher for their guests. And okay, we're, we're going to have to come back to that because I love Conan. Me too. It was a really cool internship. And, and uh, you know, when I went to leave, they interviewed me for a guest booking position and I didn't get it. Uh, I was told that, you know, I just didn't have enough experience. And at that point after that, I was like, I'm coming back here to do that job. I'm going to be a guest booker. And that never happened, but, uh, I was a guest booker in other places. Like I, I interned again after that as a booking assistant for court TV. I eventually ended up working there in a different department. And then I ended up at Inside Edition for three years as a booker. And then. Oh, wow. Yeah. And now I'm at a, a radio company where I started as a booker, but now I do many things in addition. Can you we talk about the the Conan stuff? Like, what what's that job entail? I mean, it's just it was your internship, but like, well, what what year of Conan is this? Conan New York before the Tonight Show. This is Conan New York before the Tonight Show. As I'm, I am an aged person. This was uh, circa two thousand four, two thousand five. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Good, that's good Conan. Well, they're all good Conan years, except yes. the early years. But the I was there when the Texas Walker Ranger Lever was there. I went uh, to a live taping of that and they pulled it out and it was one of the better experiences of my life. It was a really, I loved that thing. Oh there, God, that thing got me every single time. I never saw an episode of that show, but God, I could tell you like so much of it from that thing. The, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then I um, was, I was there uh, when Tom Cruise lost his mind and started jumping up and down on Oprah's couch. I very clearly remember them doing a desk bit about that when I was oh, there. Man. I was there so, at a good time. What is like, so what does like a booker do? Like, are you literally just communicating with publicists and PR people to get the guest on the show, asking them on? Um, yeah, essentially, like, I mean, it's, it's, it's different everywhere no? that I was. Uh, yeah. Well, I wasn't, I wasn't a booker at Conan. I never, I was just a guest researcher. So like yeah. they would book oh, a so- guest and then, um, I would pull all of this information about the guest and give it to like a senior researcher and they would call through it and then they would give it to a producer to sort of segment produce the piece that they would be in. And then they would use that to pre-interview them before the interview with Conan. Like the couch segment kind of stuff? Yes. Okay. Oh, that's really cool. 
So what's uh, what you you must have a lot of useless knowledge of uh, some celebrities of that era that you're like get this out of my head. I don't care. Um, I wish that I did. Honest to God, I I it's it's so long ago <laughs> at this yeah, point yeah. that I I and barely kid, remember so. a lot of it. <laughs> now you know, and, and again, that was an internship, but I was like twenty or twenty one years old. Like yeah, I, yeah, of course, I was hung over that every day. Like I, probably, yeah. I would just sit there and like stink of beer and go through my my notes and. I was a very good intern, but I was a very tired intern. <laughs> that's pretty cool. That's a that's really cool. Yeah, it was, they had a, a bunch of different kinds of internships there, but the research one was really fun because it was full time. The others were like two days a week or three days a week. Most people were production interns, so they would just kind of like run and get coffee and soups for the writers, and yeah. you know, act as stand-ins for bits during rehearsals, and you know, listen to the monologue jokes, which is really cool. But like the researchers were sort of like a very steady part of of the the show in a way and more experience i would imagine it was a lot of experience it was five days a week you got to work really closely with the 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 senior researchers who were awesome and i loved them and it was just a really great great thing and from my knowledge of conan's show too like he's had a lot of people there's people who've been there for quite a while yeah, and I mean, he's had so many famous interns. Like, Ellie Kemper was an intern at the same time that oh, I was. Oh, I know. Oh, really? Yeah, our internships cool. overlapped by a couple of days. And I didn't actually realize it until I had her on the line for a radio tour that I had booked. And I'm like, and I, I'd seen, you know, Bridesmaids at that point. Like, I'd seen her in the office, and I never put it together. And she was, like, talking, and I was like, God, she sounds so much like this girl. And I couldn't place it because her hair was, like, really red back then. And yeah. I looked – um I just kind of, like, looked at her Facebook page, and I realized that we had, like, friends in common. And I was like, oh, my God, it's that girl. I was like, I couldn't – it was so weird. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. I wonder what that, – that's really cool. And, uh, so now you do like, uh, comedy booking? No, no. Now I, I book radio tours. So like I'll book a guest, um, you know, for an hour or two in the morning and I'll, um, reach out to a bunch of radio stations and I'll be like, Hey, I have an hour with like last week I had Jane Lynch in, uh, and I'll, or two weeks ago and I'll, be like, do you, if you want to talk to Jane Lynch, let me know and I'll work you into this hour that I have with her. Oh, I see. Oh, so the, that's how I see. I don't know that world. So that's actually how that works. Like they just go to like one place and then you can, they can talk to radio stations from, I'm guessing around the country. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, you know, obviously some radio stations get them on their own or some have them in studio, but yeah, a lot of people do these, like these tours. Oh, that's pretty cool. Do you get starstruck anymore? <sighs> You know, I, I, I feel like I'm such a, it, all right, here's the deal. If I meet someone through work, like, I generally do not get starstruck. Like, if I know it's someone I'm supposed to talk to or it's supposed to see in a work environment, like, I'm, like, I'm totally used to it, unflappable. But like, if I, like, run into someone accidentally or, like, at a, premiere or something and i have like no reason to to be interacting with them that's when i get kind of flummoxed yeah i had um, a buddy of mine who uh worked at like starbucks in like la and he like didn't get starstruck but only by the most like obscure things be like some third character in a canceled tv show that no one ever heard of but then like tom cruise would come in and be like yeah or like someone from like Buffy the Vampire Slayer would come in or like undeclared and he's like, oh my God. Right. Because you geek <laughs> out over the stuff that you love. Because half the time you're booking people for shows that, you know, you know they're famous and they're great. But, you but like care. it's not part of your your fandom or whatever. And yeah, you know, yeah, it's yeah. Di- totally different. Yeah. No, I know that feeling. I mean, I don't meet that. I've encountered famous people and I'm like, yeah, this is cool. But I kind of actually get more. I have this weird thing where I'm like, well, I don't want you to think i'm making a big deal out of it and i don't really care yeah but then it'll be like a comedian or something that's like moderate level i'm like oh my god you were mm-hmm. on this podcast or this tv show what was that like but i i, I keep it cool yeah you got yeah, to cool. you got, yeah. yeah 
That sounds. Uh, so you've been, you guys, uh, you and Margaret, you guys, you guys work together, correct? Yes. Yep. So how did you guys decide to do the podcast? I mean, I know when she was out, we were kind of talking about the future of radio, which it does sound like it's going to go. Radio's still here and going strong, and I, I find myself listening to it uh, more and more um, when I get sick of podcasts or music. I'm trying to think of how we did get the podcast started. I mean, you know, originally it started, it wasn't even our idea, because it was started with Girl FM, the, the short yeah. comedy podcast we used to do, and... I mean, that four of us were really doing that. Five, actually, at the end, were really doing that show. It was the two of us and um, two guys who were helping to write and produce. And it was their idea to have like, a comedy show with two girls like reading the news. And they asked us to do it probably against their better judgment. And we kind of, we just kind of went into it like, oh, I guess we could do this. And we had fun with it. Um, and then. You know, we all kind of started getting bored with it because it was just two minutes. You know, it was we were running out of like topics and stuff to do the jokes about. So we wanted to try to like roll it into like a late night style show. So we figured we would do like a two minute monologue and then maybe roll it into a a, a, a joke segment or a desk segment kind of thing and then do like the interview. And that somehow just kind of spun into us doing like just the interviews that we do now for uh I can't even. Well, it's less work if you don't have to write anything for the interview. <laughs> and, well, yeah, and we, Margaret and I, are not comedy writers. Like we, we were barely even joke readers. Like, <laughs> so since it was just the two, it ended up just being the two of us. Eventually, we were like, let's let's cut the comedy part. And you guys did an episode called Dick Picks, which I absolutely loved. Yay! And uh, apparently, uh, any gentleman out there, the spoiler alert, uh, no one wants you to send an unsolicited dick pic. Against yeah, nobody wants it. Everything they teach us in school, just yeah. take a picture of your dong and send it to random girls, but no one wants it. You're just a, you're just a creepy subway flasher with a phone. That's what you are if you're sending yeah, around unsolicited dick pics. That's all that it's is. It's exactly the same thing. Or someone who like masturbates in the subway or the car or whatever weird. Yep. You're that guy. Don't do and it. And nobody, nobody likes that guy. Nobody likes nobody. that guy. Nobody. No. Did you happen to watch Masters of None? Yes. There's that like weird yes, scene. Yes, I did. The the subway jack uh, masturbator, and then he's like, uh, "Yeah, just because the thing you're," attra-. he says some like makes like a quit statement. His use is like, "Hey man, stop making me feel qu- creepily sad for you." <laughs> <laughs> and for like a second, you're like, "Oh yeah," and then you're like, "No, you're masturbating in public. Don't do that." That's wrong. I just never really understood like what would possess a guy to do that because I don't know. Well, like my boss know... explained it to me. Okay, I work. I, and I'm trying to recall. I work for like a behavioral health company, so like it's never as fun as it, I, I. I all honest, it's God. The, for, there's like it's usually people who are doing that. Most of the time, it's like some sort of like sexual deviant act, or there's some sort of illness factor, and it's someone who like started probably masturbating at home and that wasn't enough and then it went to the car and then that wasn't enough and then it goes to in public like that thrill of getting caught kind of thing she explained it way better with much bigger words and about like psychological diagnoses and i'm just ruining it so it's tough because i think those people are ill and probably need help but also don't do it so it's tough right so we're not defending it so that that applies to so many things. They might be mentally ill. They probably know don't know what they're doing, but they should still just stop it. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it's funny. I, so I work with a lot of people. I work with clients with mental illness. And then I'll, like, have friends or family member who do something that would be considered, like, cr- crazy. But then I'm like, how come the people I work with mental illness are, God, are so not this way? Like, I, without talking about politics specific, like I'm talking to like a friend about some of the political views. I'm like, I work with people with schizophrenia who are like l- openly one foot out of reality and they are more with it than your weird thoughts about the cr- the presidential election in Russia. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> Don't even get me started on this presidential election. No, talking I mean, about there's... people that I wish I could turn to and just say, stop it. I can't. <laughs> I know. I, I feel like we're probably on the same page, and there's 
it would just be an echo chamber of, I also agree. Right. <laughs> because oh, I think we all, almost everyone does. Oh, no, apparently not. <laughs> apparently not. <laughs> no, oh, yeah, I know. I, but like, more, the majority of people didn't vote for him, and that doesn't really make me feel that much better, but that's what I'm going with. Yeah, it's going to be a terrible four years. There's just no quit. Or future. <laughs> let's get real. Yeah, let's raise our kids in this. Woo! All right, let's not get stuck in this politics hole. You must have yeah. another topic you want to To discuss. be fair, I'm not smart enough to even talk about it, because I would just be like, oh, yeah, I also agree, and then. That's why I would stop that. <laughs> like, yeah, cool. That's a statement you just said. I leave all the politics to Twitter. Yeah, my, I have a coworker, my buddy at work, and I are like total like headline news readers, and like we'll walk up to each other and say something, and every once in a while, someone will like will go past the service, and we like kind of freeze, and like Steve, I just read the headline. I don't, I, I really can't continue this conversation. I don't know anything That's else. That's the worst when you get caught doing that. I used to do that, but my husband and I have very different political views. So, like, I can't even get through dinner, like, trying to be like, well, I read this headline because he'll call me out on it and vice versa. He's like, well, actually, what do you think about the third paragraph? Um, I have know. to, I have to, like, study just for, like, a conversation at home. Yeah. <laughs> I, I hate when you meet someone you disagree with, but they're, like, more informed than you and you're like, oh, fuck, I, you're going to win the argument, but you're still wrong. <laughs> Jackass. No, that's uh, that's my daily life. <laughs> okay. Um, and so I also saw that you created Podshi. I did. Yes, I did. I didn't realize that was you. Yeah, it's me. Um, um and I know I had seen it. How? Well, when did you start it? Has it been there? Has it been uh, around for a while? It's been maybe a year. Okay, I think I remember trying to set up an interview with someone from but it wasn't you from pod uh, maybe was there another pod she or maybe a she pod she pod is a podcast the she pod yeah there was someone a long time ago never happened but then i was like oh that's really cool and like um but i think that's great because like like every other industry gets overrun by white guys which is what i am sorry but yeah you know it was that it kind of so that's kind of what it came out of is like i I couldn't when I was trying to market uh, the Girl FM Headline News podcast. I was like, "Well, I know guys don't like to listen to lady voices, especially not in comedy." I'm like, "If I can't find women to listen to this thing, I'm sunk." <laughs> so I was um, like, I was doing Potter and Family, and I met a lot of great hosts through that. And 90% of them were male, and clearly had a very male audience. And I was like, "Well, this." These are great people and this is awesome, but this is not going to help my podcast get listens. Um, no. And so I kind of started Podshi for largely selfish reasons, but it's grown and I, I'm really excited about that. And I, I kind of like the uh, the idea behind it of bringing together female podcasters to help each other and help each other find an audience. Yeah, I mean, I think I, at one point I was guilty of it. Like I just kind of looked at my guest list. I was like, oh, my God, I've only had a bunch of white guys on. And then I've gone out of my way to make a conscious effort, conscious effort to diversify that. And it's cool because those are seem to be the episodes that actually do the best whenever really? I have someone. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I think people are really just starving out there. I think also there's, you know, a myriad of factors of why anyone listens to an episode, but I, I mean, it just helps. I think when you get to see someone that is not the standard or something a little bit different, like it's, it, it's great when anyone comes on is not a white dude. It's, fucking awesome i go i've been going out of my way to do that as much as possible that's really so, cool i mean hey look at samantha white, b she went out of her way to make sure she had the most diverse writing staff in late night and her show kicks ass it's so, the you best know. it yeah. is the fucking best uh yeah doesn't she is it all women no 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 it's just it's just a very diverse staff it's it's men yeah. women it's like all different colors and creeds. like she really made she sure yeah. And then when they did that late night uh, cover for whatever magazine it was, they forgot to put her on it. So, hey, sorry, yes. Samantha. Too but bad for you. Got, uh, but no, I, I, I absolutely love that show. I think it's um, it's funny. It's um, I think they're really growing in the way they co- they, they're doing like those remote sections with their field reporters, which I really enjoy. Like, 
I guess I don't really have too much of an opinion on The Daily Show. Like, I liked it with Jon Stewart. I wasn't, like, obsessed with Jon Stewart. But I always thought The Daily Show's interviews, like, sucked. I just never enjoyed that part of the show. So when Samantha V like, kind of swung it up and it's just more her just ranting and making fun jokes. And, like, I'm still learning stuff, but she's fucking hilarious. She's um, brilliant. She's brilliant. Yeah, she's like, so yeah. funny. I loved her on The Daily Show. Huge fan of her. And yes. then, and and her husband is um Jason Jones. Correct. And I think they were supposed to do a TV show also together. The but Daily then, Show. Yeah, they are. It's in the second season. It's just that they're she's behind the scenes on that one. She's just a producer, and he's in it. And it's called The Detour, I believe, on TBS. Is it good? I haven't watched it. <laughs> I don't have cable, so I haven't watched it. But um, yeah, I think she was supposed to be in it originally, and then the show is just killing it killing it it's so funny like, i think she's and- my favorite late night I, i'm i'm kind of like over the jimmy fallon james corden thing but i i'm not a big late night person like yes. i like it but i just i don't watch it conan's been my guy my whole life like so i but i watch that on youtube like i don't sit down and watch a late night show Right. Well, let's think that the only ones I keep up with really are Samantha B, John Oliver, and Conan, and it's through videos on my Facebook feed for the most part. Yeah, Samantha B is really, really good about that. that. Yeah. Yes, uh, I met a client today, and we just like were somehow came up. We both loved Conan, and we were talking like deep stuff from early Conan, like Conan playing uh, old timey baseball and just like these weird stuff that you can't mm-hmm. find anymore. Um, and we were kind of just talking about how, like, when Conan went to the Tonight Show, like, he said this in an interview, so I'm, uh, that he was kind of prepared, like, this is his career, this is, he can coast the next 30 years and become, like, the next Carson or Leno. Uh, and when that got ripped away from him, it kind of forced him into a new form of cre- creativity. And I think the Conan show on TBS is some of the best work he's ever done in his later age. Like, Clueless Gamer fucking destroys me every time i watch and the it travel stuff he's doing right now is oh my fantastic God. look at the diversity i mean he's going to cuba and like, yeah uh, places that just like talk shows don't go to and he's just physically so tall and awkward <laughs> and it's just it's so fun I, I i used to love when he would go to like skywalker ranch but now i'm like go to argentina yes go do some another cultural thing that i've never heard about but make it your own and it's still so smart. The, the show is always so smart. I mean, it's always goofy, like, but it's smart yes. and goofy. Whereas, like, Fallon and Corden, to paraphrase difficult people, have turned their shows into a children's birthday party. Oh, my God. I fucking love dick- difficult people. I'm a huge TV uh, fanatic, if you didn't know. <laughs> uh, I, I actually interviewed someone from who was like in one episode of difficult people based on the fact that they were on difficult people that's because, amazing <laughs> did you see the episode where they had I've the, seen uh, all the episodes okay yeah. <laughs> yeah when they go to jersey yeah yeah one of the <laughs> one of the italian that. one of the girls from that like i was just tweeting about it and they started liking my stuff and i was like all right well, chelsea come on and she was really cool uh but that show is just I, i'm a huge julie klausner fan actually i love um i love her podcast how uh is it how was your week i think i, I think, that's think what it's called. so yeah but you said something earlier but like how uh men don't want to listen to women talk in comedy which so fucking true and comedy is supposed to be this like inclusive space space where anything can go but only if you have a dick and i think it's changing for the better i agree it's you know i, I I don't even know if it's necessarily in comedy and I'm not a comedian, so I really can't speak to it. I just I just feel like in general, you hear a lot about men not wanting to hear women's voices. You hear it about radio. You hear it about music. You hear it about comedy. You know, you know, you hear a million people saying that Hillary Clinton is shrill. Like, I, it's just it's a common thing. It's a theme. It seems to be running through everything. Oh, sexism. That old thing. Yeah, that old still, thing. Still, still alive and well. <laughs> And do you, I sometimes I even wonder, like, I know that's like the old guard would say that about television and radio, but then like, I think younger people, I don't, I mean, I guess I could be, you know, I've been wrong many times before, but like, personally, I don't care. Like, if it's good, it's, I think a lot more people nowadays are more like, if it's good, it's good. But, you know, before, before the gatekeepers have disappeared as, to the level they have now, like, 
like difficult people is great, but that's on Hulu. Like all the the diversity shows are all on streaming services. It's not network television. It's not CBS. Like all that stuff is coming in like the new the new digital revolution, and it's destroying. And it's great. Yep. Like I don't. Like, it is. The Emmys is it Emmys or TV? Yeah, they like was like had a huge diverse lineup, and it, people are like, kind of comparing that to the Oscars. But I was like looking at all the categories and all the shows that won Emmys for like diversity for um, women or people of color. They were all streaming sites or HBO, where like, none of them were network TV. And didn't CBS do a lineup this year of all white guys again? I think so. I don't. I don't recall any CBS I don't watch shows. Any of them. No, exactly. I- <laughs> at all to, to be honest no i don't watch any of them um well i don't think i watch anything on network at the moment like i was thinking about that last night i don't know if i watch a single network i gave up a modern family i used to really like that show and then it just got so fucking boring you're not like crying through this is us with the rest of us uh i started it <laughs> and then i just couldn't keep up i don't know why but i know it's supposed to be good i just i don't know it didn't strike me. I do like um, the cast, and I'm uh, well. I, I actually used to really like Mandy Moore when she was on Scrubs, so I always knew she could act. She just got nominated for a Golden Globe. Good for Mandy. Yeah, uh, I I remember her short-lived music career. I just love her as Rapunzel. She's just so good as Rapunzel. <laughs> do you watch mostly comedy drama? Uh, I watch both. I watch a lot of both, but I'm like, I'm, I'm a snob a little bit. Like I don't watch garbage drama. Like I'm not really into like Like, network. I won't watch a, you couldn't pay me to watch a procedural. Like, um, I could not have respected you anymore in this moment. (laughs) You know, (laughs) I'm just, I'm over that stuff. Like I just don't do it. Like I have like a few shows that are like my go-to background noise things. And, um, and I do like sitcoms, but not like I have nothing against Big Bang Theory. I just have never seen it because I don't have the station, and I just I feel like I'm not gonna like it. I actually just started um, blogging in my free time for Telltale TV, and I was putting together a list of the top dramas of the year, and it was hard because there were so many. Like there were just so many. There's good a lot shows. of you. Well, what what did you put in there? So Can many. We- good shows. Um, Telltale TV. Telltale TV. It's um. Let's see. I have. It's not done. It's not published yet. So you're really getting a scoop here. Uh Um. Let's see. There's. I'm not blanking on everything. I had This Is Us in there because that's new and exciting. And I have. Um. I literally cannot think of a single TV show now that you've mentioned it. The Path. Was it The Path? Yeah, that's with the the Amazon show. Um, I might sneak the crown in there because I just finished that, and that's amazing. Oh, uh, it's um, a Netflix better... show. That, yeah. yeah, that's supposed to be good. Y- I've never been so fascinated by something where so little happens. Like they really know how to like mine the drama out of like the minutia mm. of of royal life, but it's really good. Um, I Better Call Saul is in there. Are you yes. watching Better Call Saul? I didn't so see good. season two. Oh, you need to see season two. I feel like it's, it really got it's not anywhere. Be- that I can it was watch good it. season one. I feel like it got a lot better season two. Flip and Jimmy. Yeah, well, Breaking Bad was that way. Yes, and it's cool because it's like very divergent plot lines for like Mike and Jimmy. Like you see, like Jimmy's more of a character study, whereas like Mike, it's kind of more like a a, a straight up prequel where he's sort of doing cool things with people that you know you're going to see later in Breaking Bad. Oh, that's really cool! I'm excited for that to come on Netflix before, and I'll. I'll fucking plow through yeah. that. Yeah, I got Shameless on there, and uh, do you throw any of the superhero shows in there? I did not because there's actually a separate list for sci-fi fantasy stuff. Um, I, I would argue the Flash is pretty dramatic. Would you? I have not. I watched uh, a little bit of Supergirl, and I've watched a bit of um, the other one, Arrow. Arrow, uh, um, but I haven't I'm not gotten too into the Flash. The Flash I hate is my Supergirl. favorite. I really yeah. hate Supergirl. I 
It's not for me. I I also, but it's true to the Superman spirit, which I also didn't like. So that could be why that is part of it. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. I, I like Arrow, but it gets really fucking dark. I I guess Flash is just a soap opera, essentially. But it, I could see why I wouldn't make your list. But it, I, Flash, I really fucking like. The first season's kind of like campy, and then it just gets really depressing by to the where they're at now in the third season. Like, there's just no way it could be happy anymore. It's just yeah. so sad. But it's really great. And Orange is the New Black was definitely a drama this year. I know it goes back and forth between comedy and drama, but oh, this is yeah, well, a dark ass season. So, <laughs> and the only reason they do that is because like they they changed the category uh, requirements that like all com- comedies have to be a half hour and dramas have to be an hour, regardless of content. So it's all about it's all about awards. It has nothing to do with what's good. So right. I think that's why it was a comedy. At one point, it could be going in a comedy, but then they're like, oh, no, it's an hour long, so it's a drama. Yes. And it's a terrible comedy because it's not funny, but it's a great drama because it's dark as shit. Mm-hmm. And like are you an Girls. Americans fan? Do you watch Do I Americans? need to get in on that? Everyone, That's like yes. the show that I know. People love it. It's got Fel- the girl who played Felicity, right? Yeah, Carrie Russell. Yeah. And Matthew Reese. It's very good. It's... um. It's so much more than just a spy drama and I don't know, especially now with everything that's going on with the Russians, I feel like it's even more relevant than ever. <laughs> so maybe they knew something we didn't know. Maybe. Yeah, there's a TV writer I like called uh, named Alan Sepinwall that I follow. His, oh my like, God, I love what? Alan Sepinwall. Yeah, I follow his like blog. He's a Jersey guy too. Yeah, he started at the Star Ledger and then he was at... Um, he was doing what's Alan watching for Hit Fix, and now he's at Up Rocks, right? Is that where he is? Uh, uh, yeah. My brother and I fucking love him. I oh my god, I love that dude. I want to get his book so bad. <laughs> I just need to buy it. Um, you should have him on. He podcasts. He might do it. I know. I um, I am been doing this for a few years, and I'm starting to now actually get into a level where I actually talk to PR people and bookers and stuff because I used to only just be like fuck that this is diy i'm only getting people from twitter and i'm like i'm an idiot and i actually want to get bigger names so i've been kind of going trying to learn how to learn that world and i guess i could get to him i mean i guess I. Just he has a him. book that he has been pimping really hard for the last like two years i, I think you could probably yeah i guess if, I just, you, if you uh focus do on you the know book. him you're jersey right that's how it works no i don't know him <laughs> i just i just read his no. stuff and i like to act like i know people. yeah i i need to start doing that more um yeah here's your booking tip just make a list of everyone you like okay just mm-hmm. your dream list all right and kind of keep tabs on them and when you see that they have a project that's outside of the norm something that they really give a shit about that's when you pounce that is okay? the best advice i've ever gotten this show thank you anyone listening <laughs> to is- pod- no i'm not kidding you have no idea because like i'm in all these forums and we're always like how do you get gassed and like I, I talked to a Simpsons writer because he was promoting his Netflix show. Yeah. That's all it came down to. It was just timing. That is when you pounce. You you kind of have your dream list in the back of your head. And, you know, mm. one of these days, some actor is going to write a book that they put their blood, sweat, and tears in, but it's for children and it's like a weird sell and they're going to do all the press in the world. And, like, yeah. that's just what you have to do, you know? Eventually, some comedian's going to do like a one-man show somewhere that he poured all his money into, and he's going to be desperate to promote it. That's when you pounce, you know? Some yeah, a journalist my... is going to write a book, pounce. Like, yeah. That's when you go for it. That's Thank you for that. That's really great advice. My buddy Tyler got like um, – he's had some great people on his show, but he got uh, an animator from Archer because he found his Indiegogo for an indie film he was making. Yep, passion project. It's the passion yeah. projects that people make time to promote. You, you are just words of wisdom right now. What else you got? I am <laughs> full of knowledge about some very random and specific things. <laughs> uh, before we do wrap it up, because um, it's late and I have to go to bed, um, uh, Jersey. So we forgot to talk about the Sopranos. I assume that's your everything. I mean, Bloomfield. They filmed the last scene. At, I uh, live Holstein's. right down the block from that. It's terrible. No it's so terrible. Oh, I tried to take my daughter there for like an ice cream one day and we're sitting there and all of a sudden Journey starts playing like <laughs> at top volume in this They're not even you know, trying to hide ice it. cream shop and 
I'm like, what is happening? And I just see people start filing through the restaurant. And again, this is a restaurant um, where they shot the finale of The Sopranos. They start filing through and I hear the owner that's like, everyone, make sure to get your onion rings on the way through. Here is the booth where Tony sat and all these tourists, like dozens of them, in this rando town in New Jersey are standing there with their tiny packet of like three onion rings sitting at staring at this empty booth in this restaurant where people are just trying to eat their ice cream and their grilled cheese sandwiches and like coming through as and as as um journey alternates with the theme song of the sopranos <laughs> it was this very bizarre moment uh and i was like what where am i what's happening but apparently like every saturday or something there's like a a tour bus that comes through with people who i guess were in new york for the day wanting to see like famous film sites and there's also i think like a specific sopranos tour oh there's a to- yeah i want to take it Are you kidding me I've been to some of the, one of my, I have a friend who lives, oh God, I forgot what town he lives in. My friend's husband is from the town where they filmed in the the house, the outside of the house, the house. I forget what town that is in. Caldwell? Montclair? Caldwell? Yeah. Yeah. And I guess they know the owners and he like would hang out all the time. I was like, oh my God. And every time I'm there, I'm begging him to take me of a tour. I'm like, where's Satchel's? Uh, yeah. My, my in-laws don't know anything about Sopranos. And, um, but I made them take me to, to that, uh, to Holstein's and I sat yeah, in that chair and talked for an hour straight about why I thought Tony died and nobody cared. Really? <laughs> yeah. Not even the waitress, like, just shut the fuck up. We hear this every day. I'm like, yeah, but do you understand in season five when he, yeah, that was my, sh- I, whew. um, but before we do actually wrap it up for real, we should, uh, is there anything that we missed that we should talk about on your end besides my Sopranos obsession? No, man, it's totally you up to you. All? I mean, we plugged the show. Like, we yeah, plugged so where two can, like, whole people specific find... episodes. Yeah. Uh, where can people find you and the show on the old internets? Um, I am at Ali610, A-L-I-610 on Twitter. Uh, you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at I Can't Even Show. And we have a website that is the I Can't Even Show.com. Awesome. Well, thank you uh, so much for doing this, and I'll let you know before uh, it goes up. Cool. Thank you so much.